The Rangers got swept at home by the Brewers in one of the worst series the Rangers have played all year. We're breaking down what went wrong for Texas and how they still managed to not lose any ground atop the AL West. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Monday, August 21st. Your Rangers are 72 and 52 alone in first place atop the AL West with a two and a half game lead over those stinking Houston Astros. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into to this disaster of a weekend for the Texas Rangers. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, this was just an awful, very bad, no good, very terrible weekend for your Texas Rangers, losing all three games to the Brewers and the first time the Rangers have been swept at home this season. A very frustrating loss and this only the third time the Rangers have been swept at all this year, all of them by National League teams and two of them by NL Central teams. And this series against the Brewers really reminds me of that series against Cincinnati. It was a little bit different of a vibe, a little bit more the sky is falling back than this. You may not even remember this series. It was back in Cincinnati the 24th through the 26th of April, and it led to the middle of the longest Rangers losing streak of the season. The Rangers lost the first game of the home series against the Yankees, and then uh, out, comes, out comes the Rangers and win the next uh, three out of their three out of four in that Yankees series, rattle off a four-game winning streak, and things looked hunky-dory from there. But it, it was an incredibly frustrating series against the Reds. Two of them were six or six to seven losses. One of them was a three to five loss. All of them games blown by the bullpen in just maddening games that the Rangers should not have lost. We know now that the Reds are actually a scrappy team and fighting for a playoff spot. And back then we thought, oh, the Reds are the bottom of the barrel. And this is just incredibly frustrating. So embarrassing. How could you lose this series? And we didn't really know how good the Rangers were at that point. But at this point, we, we kind of know how good the Rangers are. We know that they are a playoff team. We know that they are leading the AOS and, and have done so for almost every single day of the season. I think there's maybe been one game, one day where the Rangers weren't leading the AOS, but the doubts about this team have mostly subsided subsided of the question of if they're actually good or not they're good but they definitely have their down moments and this weekend was incredibly frustrating we saw some of the flaws of this team and Andrew Heaney blow up start some blown leads by the bullpen just a really really rough Friday game a nine to eight loss the most I think that one's the most frustrating because the most winnable the Rangers got to Brandon Woodruff for four runs and a pair of homers and he he's been one of the better starters in Major League Baseball for the last couple of years and he's been exceptional since he's come back from injury but the Rangers got to him and they just could not do any with it. Andrew Heaney couldn't get through four innings. Chris Stratton worked two and a third innings of, of really great ball. And Josh Bores, who's been fairly consistent for the most part this year outside of when he was dealing with bicep tendonitis, he's, he's had the occasional outing where he gets lit up. But that one just felt incredibly cruel of giving up a three-run homer to Carlos Santana with a fastball like three inches up and out of the zone. It, it just felt very frustrating. Then Brock Burke comes in, who's normally been very solid and 
in these spots where he was coming in and it was not the highest of leverage, but he gave up three runs as well. And the Rangers offense roared back in the ninth inning for four runs, including getting a run off of Devin Williams, who's been one of the best closers in all of baseball this year. And it just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to get the win, to get any wins in this series. And the Saturday game was absolutely horrendous. Just the worst offensive performance. I think the Rangers have put up this year. I mean, there's that one nothing game the Cardinals, but this one just felt incredibly um, just bad. There were four hits, three walks, and 18 strikeouts, the most the Rangers have had in a game since 2019. I know Freddy Peralta is, is a good starter, and the Brewers have a lot of really good pitching, but he went five and two-thirds innings with 11 strikeouts, and every reliever that came in got at least one strikeout. All of them, actually, that pitched more than one out got at least two strikeouts. So, I mean, the bullpen was still carving up this offense, and it just felt incredibly frustrating because the offense was Corey Seager and Nathaniel Lowe all weekend, and basically no one else cared to join the party. We did see a couple of multi-hit games from Ezekiel Duran, um, and he looked pretty solid out there. We just didn't see a whole lot from Mitch Garver. did have a home run um, in the Friday game where the Rangers ended up losing, but he still looked solid. He had a home run as a DH, which was incredibly important if he's hitting as a DH, and the hot bat that he's got that he started getting hot because he was catching a whole lot more and getting more involved uh, defensively that kind of engaged him more if he's just going to be hot and also hit well while he's DHing and Jonah Himes catching that is a huge development for the Rangers but everything felt like almost everything outside of Corey Seager and Nathaniel Lowe uh, it, it just kind of went to crap for the Rangers the starting pitching just wasn't quite what it's been Dane Dunning had an okay day but he still got kind of lit up by this Brewers offense five innings three runs a couple of homers it just did not feel like a typical Dane Dunning start it's really frustrating because this Brewers offense we know how good the pitching is we know how they are just a pitching factory one of the like five teams in baseball who can actually develop homegrown pitchers which it would be nice to learn their secrets and be able to do that for for the Rangers selves, it would be nice for them to be able to learn how to do that, but they haven't. And their offense has been uh, inconsistent, we'll say, all year. Not very great. They traded for a couple of bats at the deadline, including Carlos Santana, who had two home runs this weekend, including um, Mark Canna, who had a multi-hit game as a pinch hitter on, uh, on Saturday. It's just kind of the way it went for the Rangers this weekend. It's just everything was going wrong. And even Max Scherzer, who felt like he was going to have a big day the Rangers were on a three-game losing streak throwing Max Scherzer out there on Sunday it's Thursday everything feels like yeah things are going to go well he's going to get things back on track and the Rangers haven't lost a start with him at all this year and well they finally lost their first start and Max Scherzer's the one who was dealt it I mean he just did not have his command in this one three and two-thirds innings three hits three runs all of which were earned four walks also had a hit batter did have four strikeouts and jumped up into alone in the 11th place for the most strikeouts all time among major league pitchers and he'll probably end up in the top 10 by the end of this year and pass Greg Maddox but he just did not have his command he nearly got himself out of there was a 42 pitch inning in the third which I was honestly shocked that he came back at all in in the fourth inning because he had already thrown 42 pitches in an inning usually about 35 you throw more than that you're not coming back out and I mean, the Rangers hadn't gotten a whole lot of length from their starters this weekend. They got a combined eight and two-thirds innings from Heaney and Dunning in the first two. They did have an off day on Thursday to kind of save this bullpen a little bit. 
But still, I mean, the Rangers needed some length from Max Scherzer. They're going on a two-game road trip to Arizona. Then they'll have four games um, in Minnesota and then three games at the Mets. Um, But they just needed some length from this pin. They didn't throw Will Smith at all this weekend until Sunday when they just hadn't thrown him in a week because the Rangers have either been blowing everybody out or losing games. So they just needed to get Will Smith some work. But this was a frustrating, frustrating game. And it felt like the starting rotation is starting to crack just a little bit. And they could be getting some good news coming up in just a little bit. We're going to talk about that. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets, their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over all the tickets and start getting fun start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have you can forget the months of planning in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for every sport you want or concerts comedy theater literally anything you want game time has got it and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent the difference get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive tickets are sent directly to your phone so you'll never have to dig through your email Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, I'll be breaking down game one of this series of Jordan Montgomery on the Hill against the Arizona. The Rangers take on the Diamondbacks in Arizona this week. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this, again, was an incredibly frustrating week in, uh, of weekend of starting pitching. It kind of reminded us that Max Scherzer is not the same Max Scherzer of old. Uh, we've told that relentlessly by Mets fans, and he did make some tweaks to his slider. Um, and, and, you know, he's been mostly very, very good with the Rangers in his four starts there uh, in, in Texas. But this was still a frustrating outing. I think the most frustrating because, I mean... He wasn't really hit that hard. It was a lot of beating himself with walks, with you know inconsistent command. I mean, there there was a moment in the third inning where he was up. I think it was one and two in the count um, before he hit that batter and, and drove in a run um, with the bases loaded. He could have gotten out of the inning with a strikeout or any other kind of out, and he just didn't. Things just kind of escalated and and got away from him. And this this NL Central, it, it's been rough against them. It, it's just been the bane of the Rangers' existence. I initially tweeted out the Rangers were 3-8 and eight against teams in that division this year, but I kind of forgot about the Cardinals being in the NL Central because they have been a non-factor in the divisional chase. They've been so bad this year, so the Rangers are 5-10 and 10 now against the NL Central. Good riddance. They are done. There are not that many more NL teams that the Rangers have to play. They are 20-21 and 21 in interleague games, so... The Rangers are very happy to be mostly done with interleague play. I, bl- I know the Mets um, are remaining on this schedule, and I think there's one more interleague series that uh, I can't ex- remember exactly what it is um, that's coming up either. Um, it's sometime in September that I can't 
put my finger on exactly when it was. It doesn't matter. The Rangers are are just not great in these specific situations. No, it is the Mets. The Mets are the only other no oh, the Diamondbacks, obviously, today. Um so <laughs> um but yeah, the Rangers have not done well in those situations, but they also haven't been hit very hard. This Max Scherzer outing, he the opposing batters only batted had an expected batting average of one oh eight against him. So as a team the Brewers had a 117 expected batting average on the day, where the Rangers had an expected batting average of 220. Not elite, but like fine enough. The Rangers also out hit the Brewers 8 to 7. But the Brewers ended up with six runs because the Rangers couldn't stop beating themselves. They had three errors from Ezekiel Duran, which just it was mind-boggling. He's not a bad defender, but this was just it, it felt like mental errors. By the third one, it was a ball that he bobbled initially and then had time to get the runner, but had a throwing error. He's got one of the biggest arms in all of baseball. I mean, he was at one point in the 100 percentile for, you know, arm strength, and he just botched it. He could have gotten the runner out if he just settled down for half a second. And the Rangers not having Josh Young and his steadying presence at third base is really frustrating. Not having his bat in the lineup is um, a really big loss. It's going to be what, five and a half weeks? It's going to be the middle, probably the final 10 games that Josh Young is going to be ready for, which those final 10 games are are looking a little more daunting than they did about a month ago because of those Seattle Mariners who thank you and no thank you for sweeping the Houston Astros in Houston, a huge series where not a lot of those games were particularly close. I mean, it never felt like it was really in doubt for Seattle. And we'll talk about them in the third segment of why the Rangers now have to worry about two different teams coming up on them in the AL West chase, but they finally got some good news on Nathan Eovaldi through another bullpen this weekend. It seems like he is nearing that return. There's still no definitive date left put out there. The the most that I've heard is September 1st, which uh, that's what I'm hoping for just sooner as opposed to later and really just get Nathan Eovaldi healthy. Um, no matter what, Whenever he's coming back, he's just got to be healthy and got to be his fully effective self because if he's not, then uh, the Rangers are going to be in a rough place because this was a, a rough couple of starts for Andrew Heaney. The, the reason he came out of the last Saturday start against San Francisco is because he apparently caught in some kind of cold or something. I don't know if there was some kind of cold in this one, but he just was not effective. This Brewers offense was really great at making the Rangers pitchers work. I mean, so many 10-plus pitch at-bats the entire week, and it kind of reminded me of those peak Oakland A's offenses from like 2010 to well, 2020, they were just so incredibly annoying to face. I feel like you Darvish really struggled against those A's um, and strikeout pitchers, especially guys who were pitching to strikeout and, and not to soft contact because the A's would just foul off pitch after pitch after pitch and they would not chase. They would not expand the zone. It was a really small strike zone, very consistent one on Sunday that uh, kind of felt like Max Scherzer, if he could get just a slightly bigger zone, would have cruised through in this one. But the Brewers knew the strike zone and they did not expand and they forced Max Scherzer out before he could complete four innings and they did the same to Andrew Heaney because he was throwing a whole lot of pitches and even Dane Dunning who's not a strikeout guy who's really a pitch to contact guy Dane Dunning wasn't super effective in his start either 99 pitches to get through five innings I mean that's not Dane Dunning Dane Dunning is normally going deeper into games usually getting 
six innings because he he didn't even walk he only walked one guy in those five innings it was just little hit after hit after hit after long at bat it was just incredibly frustrating and I know Martin Perez might not have been a lot of people's first choice to throw in that game but having him go four innings I know the Rangers ended up losing and maybe they could have come back if if they were a little closer in it it was just three run three to one at the point when Martin Perez came up came in but the Rangers offense didn't do much of anything after Perez came in and he saved the bullpen I mean it's not a glorious job of being a mop-up guy but Martin Perez did it well enough and the Rangers really needed it it was just such an incredibly frustrating weekend and it seems like the Rangers at first it was just going to be the the AOS chase was just going to be between the Astros and um and nobody it felt like at the beginning of the year then it was the Rangers on top, and I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe it's going to be Astros-Rangers. And now it seems like a third horse has finally entered that race. Unfortunately, the Rangers finally have another problem in the AL West besides just the Astros. We can talk about that and a little bit more right after this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Wednesday's show, I'll be doing a crossover with Millard Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks to break down this series against Arizona. The Rangers take on the Diamondbacks this week and catch every pitch for the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the Rangers got swept this weekend. Only the third time they've gotten swept all year, like I said earlier. But they didn't lose any ground in the AL West chase, at least not to the Houston Astros, who those stinking Houston Astros are still two and a half games behind the Rangers. The Rangers are still alone atop the AOS where they have been pretty much all year. And it is now a officially a three-horse race in the AOS. And it is looking like the Mariners are coming with a vengeance. I mean, there was a, a column written, I believe it was in the Seattle Times, um, by I think it was Ryan Divish is, is the name of the Seattle Times beat writer for the Mariners. But after the Rangers swept the Mariners in a brutal fashion, absolutely bludgeoned them, especially uh, in the final game, which this is this was one of my favorite series of the year. It was uh, June 2nd through 4th. The Rangers won 2-0 the first game, 16-6. I believe that was Bryce, or was it Brian Wu's debut? I think it was I think it was Wu's debut on the 16-6 game, and then 12-3 in the finale. The Rangers at that point were, and still are, 5-1 against the Mariners on the year. And in the Seattle Times, there was a column written that the AL West chase is over. The Mariners have no shot at the AL West. Maybe they can... You know, come back and and be okay and and fight for a wild card spot, but it feels like they're not catching the Rangers. Well, now they're three games behind the Rangers with about a month and a, a little under a month and a half to play. At that point, the Rangers sent them to twenty nine and thirty. They were a half game under five hundred for I believe the first time in in a while. The Rangers were thirty eight and twenty at the time, and it looked like nothing was going to stop Texas at that point. That was that was I think when I felt the best about this team. That and the you know they rattled off a five game winning streak, the longest of the season, then lost that one nothing game to the Cardinals that ended that streak, and then began a little bit of the woes that road trip the. 30 games in 31 days leading up to the All-Star break where the Rangers kind of struggled down the stretch. They lost that four-game series against the Angels. They um, lost the series in New York that was winnable. They um, split a series against the Tigers, and then they lost that four-game series against the Astros. And it, everything kind of felt like it was coming crumbling down. But this Mariners team, I, I knew they had flaws at the beginning of the year. I still picked them to, I think I picked them to win the AL West at the beginning of the year in our uh, AL West 
crossover edition with all of the other AOS hosts. Um, and I also picked the Astros to lose out of the playoffs, which was mostly out of, entirely out of spite, not out of genuine belief that the Astros wouldn't be in the playoffs. More of a, a hope and a fantasy. But I, for weeks, even though the Astros and, or the Mariners have been one of the hottest teams since the All-Star break, I thought, you know what? It, it's fine. The Astros are that barrier there. And I think it's more likely that they that the Mariners don't pass even the Astros, let alone get up to being close to the Rangers atop the AL West. Well, I mean, the Mariners have been one of the hottest teams in baseball since the All-Star break. So have the Astros. So have the Rangers. And I mean, taking that three-game series in Houston, sweeping them the way that they did. And it's not just that, but the Mariners, their next 12 games are incredibly easy. They have a three-game series against the White Sox, then against the Royals, then against the A's, then against the Mets. Four of the teams that are most broken down, beaten down, worst teams in all of Major League Baseball. And meanwhile, the Rangers are about to go play nine games on the road. Nine? Yes. Nine games on the road. Two against teams that are either in a playoff spot or fighting for their playoff lives. And they just got swept by the Milwaukee Brewers, who are a team in the playoffs. So, I mean, the Rangers now have another team to worry about. The 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 uh, the Mariners roster is, is finally hitting. They hadn't been hitting all year. Julio Rodriguez was, honestly, for Julio Rodriguez standards, pretty terrible in the first half. And he has been, unfortunately, uh, the prince that has promised for the last, like, basically month or so he has been absolutely on fire the rest of the roster is is also learning to hit and they have the best pitching staff i think in all of major league baseball it's the deepest they have an incredibly deep bullpen and if they can hit that was the whole question about them this year is i didn't think they could hit and well now they're hitting and it it's the julio rodriguez show he's getting four hits every single game it's it's pretty easy to win a lot of games like that and the rangers the depth of their lineup is is just not what it was and it really felt like it was on display in this sunday game looking at the production from the number four through six hole hitters there's a, a day off for Dolce garcia who had looked pretty inconsistent with his timing and i think that was probably the right move to give him a day off the last couple of games he had kind of just just looked off just not quite his normal Adolis Garcia e self and um the four the four hole hitter in this one was Mitch Garver then Trash Jankowski hitting fifth and Julio Polo Martinez hitting sixth and like it's not horrible I mean Mitch Garver has been very good this was a bad game for him he still has an 855 OPS um but Jankowski in the five hole and and Martinez in the six hole I mean Normally, the, the peak Rangers lineup is four-hole of Adoles Garcia, all-star, five-hole Josh Young, all-star, six-hole Jonah Heim, all-star. Like, it, the depth, the difference between those four is is big. It's really big. And when they combine to go 0 for 12 with four strikeouts, it makes it look even better. But Ezekiel Duran is at least coming up with some big hits. I mean, it's been... It was obviously a really, really rough day for him defensively, having three errors in a single game. That is um, not Ezekiel Duran. But the last 15 games, basically since Josh Young has gotten hurt, the power hasn't quite been there, but the at-bats have been much better. He's been putting together um, more quality at-bats. He's got four walks in the last 15 games. He is hitting 304 with an on-base of 377 and slugging 457. Those home runs haven't quite been coming, but he's had a couple of doubles and um, some hustle singles, and he was nearly reached base four times in this Sunday game, if not for the throw that got him by about a half step that the Rangers ended up challenging. He did not quite make it, um, and the Rangers lost their challenge. But Duran's been 
doing his part. And it's been basically him at the bottom third of that order. I mean, probably Grossman has been much hotter, but Leody Tavares, I love Leody and I'm a long-term believer in Leody, but there's a reason that he has been losing some at-bats to Julio Pablo Martinez, who is not a guy who I thought would be a big leaguer ever. I mean, it has just been such an incredibly rough stretch for Leody, and it's been a little bit of a rough stretch for Ezekiel Durant too. I mean, the Rangers just need something, some kind of spark plug, some something in the bottom third of the order. If, if it's Zeke Durant, then I think that's great, and I think it might end up being that in the bottom third, but for, it's been a 30-game stretch. It's basically been like the entire second half for for these struggles for Leo Tavares. I mean, the last 30 games, he's got an on-base of 188 and slugging 261. He's got one home run in his last 30 games, zero in his last 15. Like, he's got one walk in his last 15 games to 19 strikeouts. It, it's been rough. It's been really rough, and the defensive value is... It's fine, but like they're just not getting anything out of him, and I don't think they're going to get a whole lot out of Julio Paul Martinez. All these people who are calling for—I mean, there's been a lot of unhinged takes on Rangers Twitter the last like couple of days of just you no, know, you need to cut Martin Perez, you need to cut all these guys. It's like there's not a whole lot else there. There's really so much you can do. I mean, there are these guys who are struggling in Leody, but if the Rangers had somebody better, they'd be up. They would be up and contributing and taking these at bats from Leody, but they're not. Evan Carter is not going to be called up and take Leody's spot and just rake. He is a 20-year-old who has, what, 100-ish games of AA, if that? He He's also struggled a lot for the last like couple months. It's been a real up and down and up and down season for Evan Carter, and I think he's going to be great, and I think he's probably the long-term center fielder of the future for the Rangers, but it is of the future. He is 20 years old. He is a baby child even though he is married and kind of acts like an adult man sometimes in the interviews that I hear, it sounds like a grown up. Um, but still, he is still very young, very inexperienced. I mean, Julio Pablo Martinez has been fine, but he has one extra base hit in his four games. He's not really walking. He's, he's putting together some OKK at bats, but it's not anything, you know, incredible. And I think I saw someone tweet out it's maybe it's Josh Harrison time. Uh, during this game and that's how we know we've gotten to the real pit of despair and we're thinking about Josh Harrison as an actual option on the major league team he is in AAA and exists there but lord no he is not better than Ezekiel Durant he is not better than Josh Smith he is not he's not better than Jonathan Ornelas really I, I, I just would not do that at all but the Rangers just need something to spark themselves out of the funk. It has still been an incredible month of August. I mean, the Rangers went on an eight-game winning streak and have won every series in the month of August until this one. This is the first one that they've lost. This is the first time they've lost multiple games in a row in August. Like it, it's it's a rough stretch for sure. But they weren't going to continue to win, you know, ten out of twelve games. Like that, it's just it's just not sustainable. Even no matter who you're playing. I mean, the rest of the Rangers. Uh, uh, they're scheduled down the road. Like there are still quite a few playoff teams that they're playing. It's looking like it's going to be a lot harder. It was, would have been much nicer if those Mariners just started to fall off it because seven of their last 10, ten games are going to be against the Mariners. They got three games at home on the 22nd to the 24th, then a 10 game road trip to end the season with three games in Anaheim and the final four in Seattle. I mean, looking at the schedule at the beginning of the year, you thought, okay, maybe those, Seven of those last 10 games are going to be fighting for that final wild card spot, um, and it's going to be tough sledding. But, I mean, maybe it is, and maybe the Astros passed the Rangers at that point. I did 
um, two different episodes last week, three reasons why the Rangers or five reasons why the Rangers lose the AL West and five reasons why they win it. Of course, the day that I, I did why they win it is when they lose that incredibly annoying eight to nine game to the Brewers and, you know, continue this losing streak. But I mean, it's all about maintaining some perspective of like, yeah, this is rough. And really remembering how to adjust expectations for a 162 game season where the team you cheer for is not trash is difficult. It's difficult for me to kind of remember like, okay, all right. Yeah. This is a four game losing streak and this freaking sucks and I don't like it, but it is not the end of the world. This team is still atop the AL West with a two and a half game lead. And I know that there are now two teams gaining ground on them that you got to worry about now, but Hey, I wouldn't really want it any other way. I mean, of course it's not going to be easy down the stretch. This team hasn't made the playoffs since 2017, but it's just kind of remembering that and not to invalidate the frustrations of, of people. Cause I really felt it this week and made me want to throw things and scream like, this is so stupid. This team should not be losing three games at home to the Brewers. This has been the best home team in all of baseball. This has been an incredible team heading into this series. I believe they were uh, like something like 40 and 20. They'd won twice as many games at home as they had lost. And they have not gotten swept at home until this series because, of course, maybe this is the kick in the pants this team needed, but I know that Bruce Bochy is going to get this team on the right track. It's going to be a really somber, sad, angry plane ride to Arizona. And the Diamondbacks are a decent team, but they are a young team and an experienced team, and a team that the Rangers really need to take both of those games and hopefully kick off a an extended winning streak because I'm – but I'm really looking forward to next week, three games at the Mets, especially if Max Scherzer can get a start against the Mets and just dominate them and get Mets fans to shut up about how he's washed. Uh, that would be really nice. But hey, this is a rough weekend and rough weekends happen. But hey, your Texas Rangers are still in first place. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.